It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT Live, PSPR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, a throwback Thursday show, and uh, good pal in studio. You'll recognize the voice, Mr. Pat Casale joining me. You know Pat Casale. He loves the ponies. He loves sports, but he loves the horses, and he is a heck of a handicapper. I always enjoy uh, when we get near the Kentucky Derby, and then, of course, Preakness, Belmont Stakes, depends how the derby went right and we start looking forward do we have a shot at a triple crown but Pat Casale he loves the ponies and you know Breeders Cup all that good stuff you can always find Pat Casale somewhere in the vicinity of where uh, good horse racing talk is going to be going on right around those big races so we have him in studio my good buddy Louis Masri of course Brian Panish's right hand man is there in uh, Kentucky and getting set for Churchill Downs he will be there uh, tomorrow and Saturday, and Louis is going to join us on the PSBR Law Hotline in just a little bit. And then at 9 o'clock, Curtis Stock. Curtis Stock, uh, big time as far as in the Canadian Hall of Fame as far as horse racing. And somebody that's covered the sport for a long, long time, decades, uh, won numerous awards and has a great book out on the Turcotts, uh, five brothers. Ron Turcott, of course, you know from Riding Secretariat, and Pat Casale doing his homework. He knows all about the history of horse racing. So a lot of intriguing learning time for KT, because I'm going to learn a lot from these guys tonight. But I always like making sure that we're prepared for the Derby. And people are like, KT, Golden State Lakers, man. Are you kidding me? Lakers up one game to none. How can that not be the head? Well, because I anticipated and prognosticated that Golden State would be up 30 at the end of three quarters, which they are, 110 to 80, making my good buddy Larry Ragusa a happy camper. And uh, Casal, of course, an anti-Laker guy, so he's a happy camper as well. But 110 to 80, Golden State taking care of business in a big way. Meanwhile, the only game on the ice that is going right now, the Kraken have just scored to cut the Dallas Stars lead in half. It's 2-1, to 7.52 to go in the second period. I need the Stars to win in regulation in that one. That's what I gave out. And 
the Panthers come back from 2 nothing down. They score a late goal in the first period, get the only two goals in the second period. No one scores in the third. They get outshot by seven, but still, they beat the Maple Leafs in Toronto 3-2 to and lead that series two games to none, heading back to Florida. That's why I said I knew it was a must-win situation, more or less for Toronto. I don't want to go down 0-2 and go on the road but just couldn't go against the juggernaut of the Florida Panthers. Playing great hockey, knocking out the Boston Bruins, and right now a 2-0 lead over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you'll recognize some uh, Oreo Magic music in hour number two. Looking forward to that. Mark Hoke will be spinning the hits, and uh, the Orioles just keep on winning. What did I say last night? I said Orioles get shut out 6 nothing in their last game. Play the Orioles in the over. 13-10, to 10, they rolled over Kansas City. We'll get to that. Meanwhile, the Mets now relegated from T-ball. They went from Little League to T-ball, and now from T-ball, they've been relegated to the four-square game at the elementary school early mornings. We'll see how long they can hang in that game. They get swept by the Tigers in Detroit. Unbelievable. Verlander makes his debut as a Met pitcher, gives up two home runs in the first inning. That's all he gave up. But the Metropolitans, of course, swinging the bats the way they know how. Oh. Only three hits in a game, no runs. Absolutely. That pathetic. was a gimmick, though. You have to play against the Mets tonight because it's a com- you know guy coming off the DL as a pitcher. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's just the Mets are sixteen and sixteen, and oh. they're lucky to be there. But uh, they're killing me. That is it. Yeah. That's so. Sorry. That, that's where we're now. It's okay. Casal's over there grunting and groaning. I hope you're not going to be like this tomorrow. You got the Kentucky. No, Oaks. Tomorrow's going to be great. But it's going to be great. Okay. I'm excited. Now, you're going to speak into the mic, right? We, we're I'm, I'm pumped. Right. I, I'm ready. All right. All right. So now. Uh, I couldn't wait to get here. All right. So Mark Hoke's going to let me know. Is Louie on the line, Mark? Yeah, but he's on the line. PSBR Law hotline, of course. PSBR Law, the best in personal injury for a long time in SoCal. And now here in their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley. Brian Panish, senior partner, our good friend. Louie Masry's known BP for a long time. Louie, long time. Uh, you and Brian Panish. How did you guys connect? Brian and I connected to my father, uh, Ed Masry. It was back in about 1999 or 2000, and uh, we were at Delmonico's uh, restaurant before Palazzo was there. There was no Palazzo. Basically, the Venetian cut off at the Delmonico's. My dad and Brian were watching a Fresno State-Wisconsin game together. Nice. And my dad called Brian and said, my son's in the structured settlement business. You should meet him. And sure enough, I just started in the business and kind of young and, uh, and green and uh, sat down, met Brian uh, with my father. And, you know, one thing uh, came to the next. And now 25 years later, Brian and I are wonderful friends and really have gotten to know each other very well in our families. And, of course, you guys are there in Kentucky getting ready for the Churchill Downs uh, spectacular. I mean, two days event, basically tomorrow, Kentucky Oaks, and then Saturday. I mean, it's all day. But you and Pat Casal, who's here in studio, you guys love the ponies. I mean, you've been around horse racing your whole life. You talked about it last time you were on the show. Louis, you know, you and uh, I think your brother are going to the track with your daddy, give you, you know, a few dollars here and there, and you're trying to work on it. And, and uh, you really just fell in love with the horses. But you've been around this pretty much your whole life. Yeah, we have, and and uh, you know we're blessed that you know as a young as a young uh, you know child, my dad took us to the racetrack, Santa Anita Hollywood Park, and you know we grew up with the races. My dad owned some horses, and you know later in life, my wife and I, Diane, we own Westlake Racing Stable. We've had a, just a wonderful, especially the last few years where our fillies have run really good races. We were blessed to run in the Rachel Alexandra and and uh, the Ashland Stakes. We won a big race, Kentucky Downs, and 
Uh, we just we really enjoy horse racing, and it's really become a part of our life and our family's life and our friends' life. Our friends follow it with us, and they come along with us, so it's a really, really good time. Louis, real quick before I throw it to Pat, I saw a horse, Ms. Clemeni, from that stable. Is that your horse? That's our horse. Miss Clemente ran a wonderful race last weekend. She's, uh, she's really a nice filly. She's a three-year-old filly. She came, you know, she was growing a lot as a two-year-old. So we backed off on her a little bit. She's a big gray filly. She's a little excitable. She's, let's just say, a two, year, two years old. She was a little immature, so we kind of backed off of her a little bit. Her first start earlier this year, she just she got bumped around a little bit, got a lot of clods, dirt clods thrown in her face, and you know, she ran a good fourth place, closing well. Then, sure enough, the next start last weekend, she just uh, exploded down the stretch, ran a great race at Gulfstream. So we flew her into California a couple days ago. She'll run um, probably a race at Del Mar in the first couple weeks of, of June, and then we'll probably run her in a stakes race at Del Mar. She's a really nice Leams map filly with a big, big future. All right, because Roberto Clemente Jr. is a great friend of mine, and he was on the show actually about a week ago, and his mom, Vera, who went by Ms. Clemente after Roberto Clemente passed away, never got remarried. He, of course, passing away on uh, New Year's Eve on uh, December 72. 72, yes. Uh, And and, uh, December 31st, 1972. And so, you know, 50 years ago, basically, a little more than 50 years ago. But I didn't know uh, where that name came from. That was the the one thing. I was like, whoa, I wonder where where he got the name, Miss Clemente. Yeah, Miss Clemente. So when I was 21 years old, a lady named Mary Clemente and her husband, Bob Clemente. Bob was uh, head of arbitration for the New York Stock Exchange. I was just a college kid in California, kind of finding my way. And Mary called me and said, there's a a job opening on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And I went there and one thing led to the other. I went to work for Merrill Lynch and Dean Witter and that kind of Mary got my career started. So we named her after Mary, uh, Miss Clemente. So uh, Mary now lives in Palm Desert. She's doing great. She follows the horse and she's one, you know, she's our family, and and she's a wonderful lady, and we're so glad that we named the horse after. But now that we know Miss Clemente, Roberta Clemente, sure, you know, bring her on board. We love it. There you go, Westlake Stables, right? Yes, Westlake Racing Stables. Westlake Racing Stables. All right, Pat Casal. Louis Masri, because you guys last year did a bang-up job on the Derby, and I love getting you two guys on. Pat is over here. He's chomping at the bit. He's seeing some of the scratches. But uh, real quick, Pat, you and Louis, I just want you to say hi. I want to say hi. Hey, how you doing, Louis? Uh, you know, I want to ask you a question. Hey. What, what, uh, being a horse fan as you are, how, how disappointed are you that New York's going to end up closing Aqueduct? Well, I mean, that's a disappointment because the location of Aqueduct is really you know, a lot closer to the Manhattan and um, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's disappointing, but, you know, given that the bond that they passed to try to improve Belmont and do the things that they're doing, you know, a lot of states is very hard to run three tracks. I mean, California struggles with Del Mar, San Anita, Golden Gate. It's, it's hard to run three tracks. Um, you know, a lot of even professional sports have struggled with, you know, multiple teams in the state. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it is what it is, and, and uh, you know, we're just going to kind of move on from here. But I, I think, you know. I was, was, I was really hurt. It really bothered me to hear that. You know, I know what they're doing with yeah, Belmont. But it's just, you know, it's just a shame. It's an end of an era. It's, it's like when they, like Hollywood, I understood why they got rid of Hollywood. But, I mean, it's just, oh, my God. Yeah, and, and I think if you, if you probably fast-forward it 
you know, five or 10 years from now, I, I think that racing in the United States will be, you know, there'll be less tracks, frankly. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been much breed, as much breeding every year as there has been. So there's going to be less tracks. I think if you fast forward times, Aqueduct probably would have been able to be a viable place. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, I think um, most states are only going to really be able to support two racetracks. And unfortunately, Aqueduct was the one they decided not to put the revenue into it. I think they built, I think they built a hockey arena right there. If I remember riding some casinos, they, they, they're they kind of ca- riding on that right now. Yeah, they have a casino there. And, and actually, uh, I think that's where the Islanders are playing. Close to, to close Islanders to- are playing there also. So yeah. I, I think they headed in a different direction several years. But I'm glad that they're kind of replenish, you know, putting some money towards Belmont and improving their facilities. I think it's around $400 million. And I think that'll that'll make racing generally better in New York. So uh, I, I'm excited for that part of it. Okay. Right. I, I had to ask because d- d- just, just yeah. first player talk, you know. All right. Before we yeah, take – Yeah. Be- Louis, before we take a quick break, I want you and Pat to weigh in on the uh, what's going on over there at Churchill Downs, suspending a trainer. Uh, for those that don't follow the racing the way you guys do, they're probably going to be kind of clueless on who Safi Joseph Jr. is. But uh, Louie kind of weigh in there as far as what's going on. And, and there are some scratches because he did have a horse that was going to be in the Kentucky Derby, I believe. Yeah, Safi Joseph is a you know top trainer throughout the United States, um, You know, mostly based in Florida. Uh, where we have a lot of our our horses based there. Um, you know, I've met him a couple times. Um, you know, to me, at least first impression of what I've you know, as far as I've met him, and he seems like a stand up person. Uh, he really does. I don't know him very well, uh, but you know, this week he had two horses, uh, you know, pass away after races uh, for you know causes that were not. Let's just say, you know, they're always racing related, but maybe unusual circumstances where they just you know died after a race not a leg injury or some sort of breakdown and um i think that the kentucky horse racing commission did a good thing in you know shutting his stable down here in kentucky for now until they figure out uh the cause uh they make sure that they do you know take all the proper protocols and make you know they're doing you know, the there's a different word for horse autopsies, but they're they're doing that. They're making sure that, you know, they're looking into blood tests. Um, you know, so that's, I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, it's disappointing. You know, we went through a lot of the Baffert stuff years ago, and, you know, now here we are in this situation. Uh, you know, rate, horse racing has done a, in my opinion, the last three years, especially the last three years, a great job in trying to really uh, make this sport a more clean sport and a, ho- and a sport that really takes care of the horses. So I think that, um, you know, this is a real disappointing situation. Um, I know our trainer takes great care of our horses. We wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, I've been working on an anti-horse slaughter bill and, and uh, you know, all kinds of bills to protect horses in, in Washington, D.C. I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, it's disappointing, but we have to do what's right for the horses, and that's what happened. Pat? Yeah, you know, it's, it's called a necropsy. They they, uh, they check for the abnormalities after the race. You know, in this particular case, Safi Joseph was stand-up. Um, There's no explanation. He just made one, both of but the, the thing that was peculiar is the horses died after the races were over, but he was a gentleman about it. I mean, I think the owners of Lord Miles for the Derby – 
realistically, he wasn't going to do anything from that post position anyway. But, you know, there's always tomorrow. And I think Safi Joseph will have an opportunity in New York and in Florida. Who do you, who's your trainer in Florida besides California? It's the same. Yeah, our floor, uh, same trainer, Bob Hess Jr. And I'll tell you, you know, frankly, we have a Philly running Saturday in a stakes race at Gulfstream named Showgirl Lynn B, who won her first three career races and she's kind of tailed off since then. She's a long shot Saturday. Um, it's an eight-horse field, and two of the horses are Safi Joseph Jr. Um, you know, you kind of look at it and you say, you know, he's got two horses in the race. But at the end of the day, I really – I have a lot of confidence in the management at at Gulfstream, management at Churchill, um, you know, what they're working on. You know, we'll run our filly uh, with Safi Joseph horses in the race at Gulfstream. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, we're hoping to, it's just an amor, and, uh, amorality and just, you know, it is what it is. Let's, you know, Let's keep our fingers crossed. We're hoping so. We keep our fingers crossed. Our, our horses love to race. They love to run. And our Philly will race this Saturday. And um, I think we feel good about the system. You're right. going tomorrow too, right, to, for the Oaks? Oh, yeah. We're going to, tomorrow to the Oaks. We're, we're, I'm literally sitting here at the 21C Hotel at Lexington. Um, getting ready. We'll we'll catch our uh, shuttle over to the Oaks tomorrow at about ten ten thirty in the morning and have some fun. There you go. And hopefully, uh, you guys are going to make not only yourself some money, but KT some money, and all the listeners out there, SportsX Radio Land. That's what it's all about here on a Thursday with the uh, Oaks tomorrow, and of course Kentucky Derby card on Saturday. Going to take a break. Going to come back. I've got Louis Masri on the PSBR Law Hotline, and I've got Pat Casal right here, PSBR Law Studios. Mark Hoke takes us to break. Mark Hoke show Sunday mornings, eight a.m. to ten a.m. You love professional wrestling? Well, then you'll definitely love the Mark Hoke show. You can listen there and listen to SportsX Radio Monday through Friday, eight to ten p.m. right here, one hundred one point five FM. K-Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Talking. I don't know what's You're going on. Rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. There? Are we there yet? There we are. Now we are. Okay, is there a reason the music's going to keep playing? I didn't know. Mark's telling, keep going, keep going, keep going on the music. Oh, you couldn't hear me. I, well, I couldn't hear myself, so I was speaking. I didn't see my, my blue light light up, so... Uh, we are here on a throwback Thursday. KT, Louis Masri on the PSBR Law Hotline. He is there in Kentucky. He will be there at the uh, the Oaks Day tomorrow. And then, of course, the Kentucky Derby Day and all those uh, hats getting in the way so he won't be able to see anything. But uh, at least he'll be with Panish, which will be a lot of fun. Pat Casal, of course, he is here in studio. Pat, where will you be taking in all these races? Tomorrow, probably at the Santa Fe. At the Santa Fe. Okay, one of the station's properties here uh, owned by the Fertitta Brothers. So uh, always a, a, a great environment at all the stations locations they really cater to the locals as far as around town but so many great places to watch here and louis hails from california and he's taking in uh races a lot of different places the uh the tilted kilt and uh, all these different places he's always there but now you're there in person louis how fired up are you to be going tomorrow on saturday we're really fired up we've got a group of like uh, 12 of us we're uh we're staying in lexington so we're going to grab a like limo shuttle to the track tomorrow 
hang out. Tomorrow night, Cinco de Mayo, we're going to have some tacos uh, at uh, Great Bourbon Bar in in uh, Versailles, Kentucky. And then uh, we're going to enjoy brunch at Coolmore Farms uh, Saturday morning before the Derby. We're going to visit uh, the last two Triple Crown winners, uh, American Pharaoh and Justify. So it's a big group of us, Panich included, and his, and his family. We're really uh, looking forward to a uh, you know, great weekend. And we're going to make a lot of money. I think that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's what the listeners want to hear. So yeah, there you go. Okay. So, so, so before we get into Saturday's card and we'll have probably about, you know, right around 25 minutes to get into a little action for tomorrow. So, uh, Pat, where do you and Louie want to go for tomorrow? You, Just one you, race, you, the Oaks. Go ahead. You, you take over. Yeah, Pat. The Oaks. Yeah. Who do you like? Yeah. I mean, this, 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 and this, to me, this is the weakest Oaks we've seen in a number of years. There's no like real standout, uh, Philly going into this race. Your thoughts? It's by far the weakest Oaks. There's not, you know, we had a we had a Philly on the Oaks Trail last year, ran in the Rachel Alexandra and the Ashland, so I followed it closely. This is by far the t- the the worst Oaks field. Again, though, fourteen horse betting field. Um, you know, I like a couple horses. I like a horse named Promise for America. This is a this is a Philly that won the Gazelle. Uh, you know, by half length. I think she's, you know, 30 to one more. I don't know why she's 30 to one morning line. She just won the gazelle. You know, most of the time this race, if the horse won the gazelle would be, you know, eight to one. Uh, the horse that she beat, Gambling Girl, ridden by uh, Arad Ortiz, uh, 15 to one morning line for Todd Fletcher. So you've got a horse 30 to one morning line that just beat a 15 to one shot with Irad, who's going to take some action. Cousins of Ratterties. I like her a little bit. I also like the ten horse flying con- con- uh, connection. Coming That's in from Sunland Park. I'll, yeah, the speed of the race. Uh, Todd Fincher can train. Uh, he's a great, um, you know, Southwest trainer. Um, you know, he's done a great job with with horses down in that you know neck of the woods, Sunland Park, Zia Park. Uh, he he had a great meet last year at, at Del Mar. He brought some horses in there. This horse won four out of seven races. Great speed. This horse has been really uncontested in four of her last five starts. And she's sitting at 15 to 1. In my opinion, gets a good job trend. Uh, Florent Giroux rides. Um, this filly may, at 15 to 1, may be an absolute uh, runaway here. I, I definitely speed of the race. I was looking at, I'll tell you, I like Brad Cox's two horses in this race, but I really like his six horse with Chris Landeros, Botanical. This is a horse, this is his first time on the dirt. But this horse has won four in a row very impressively. And the other horses I was looking at, I like the one, Mimi Kakushka or Kush, Kakushi. Um, this is a horse shipping in from Medellin. The horse has won three in a row. Um, again, I, I would probably not have looked at this horse until the way, but but when you look at the balance of this field. And the horse I'm really looking at, who's been training lights out for this race, is number four, this is South Lawn. Um, won his last two races, won the um, Fairground Oaks handily. Um, has tactical speed. Uh, Gutierrez is another ch- jockey that's underrated. He, he does a good job. Norm Cassie is the trainer. Uh, those are the horses I'm looking at this race as well. We're looking at eight to one, twenty to one on the one. And uh, botanical would be the, the the shortest price of the three at four to one. I think this is I think this is an interesting race. Wet Paint will probably get a lot more pay, play than she should, uh, but she's a stone closer. If their pace isn't that great, she may have trouble. And speed has not held up this week in Churchill since on the dirt since Tuesday. Speed has not held up. So I'm, I'm sorry. Speed has has held up. Pardon me, has held up at Churchill. 
So, you know, it's a little tough to take a stone closer in the Oaks on, on uh, you know, tomorrow, Friday. Yeah, again, this, this should be a great race. Uh, like I said, I, I like – I think South Lawn is a play. Every horse he mentioned, this, right, so, this is so a wide-open race. Yeah, Louie, what do you got? Because I got Pat down for four, six, and one. I got him with uh, South Lawn, the four, Mimi Kakushi, the I one, got, and uh, six I think I've got the A-10. The great part about our picks is you can kind of, you know, you've got a 14-horse field. You can combine those horses. Bottom line is, Wet Payne's going to be the big favorite. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I'm not sure she hits the board in here. I, I don't know if she can come from that far off the pace and win this race. I totally or even agree. Hit, or even hit the board. I think a lot of these horses are just keep going to run away from her the whole entire race. There you go. That's we what agree. I like. You guys, are, you guys are on the same page as far as that goes. All right, so let's jump into Saturday's card. Pat, go ahead. Take it away. Uh, start with race four. We're going we're gonna to go from race four forward. And uh, right now we've got, let's see, we've got about nine, in, about nine minutes, ten minutes in this segment, and then another ten-minute segment. So figure it out so we can get all these races in. This, is a, this is a six-horse field. This is the, uh, the Derby City Distaff. I'm going to tell you right now, Good Night Olive is a gorilla. This this is a this is a, an amazing horse. This field is kind of weak. I mean, Wicked Halo may may give it a shot, but nobody's beating the two horse in this race. Uh, Matarea, um, is a nice horse as well. Brad Cox. I mean, this is like between Pletcher and, and Brad Cox. They own this rate the race this Saturday. But I, I'd have to say here that Chad Brown will win this one. Good Olive to me is. Every bit a monster. It started, la- you know, started with the Breeders' Cup, the Ballerina. This, this horse has won seven out of eight races. I, I think Louie probably would agree. This horse is an unbelievable mare. Lou? Yeah, this filly's, this filly's not beatable. Uh, she's, those of you who are looking to make 10, 20% of the dollar, you know, you, you put 1000 to win and you want to make 100 you know, $150, this is, this is where you're at with this filly. She will not get beat tomorrow. Uh, she's she's just a spectacular filly. Uh, there's nothing in this field to beat her. So bet the pick five that can single two. that horse, right? Yes, 100%. She's a dead single. All right, so both guys agree. Race four on Saturday, uh, that's the first stakes race. And good night, Olive, they agree on. All right, PC, uh, Pat Casale, take it away. Race five. The Long Jeans Churchill Distaff Turf Mile. This is a very good race. A lot of talent in this race. I, I'm, there's a horse racing... That hasn't raced since Del Mar in the Del Mar Oaks to Spenderella. This horse has great tactical speed. Tyler Gaffleone's up. This is a very interesting animal. Again, five starts, four wins in a second. This is a great animal. Uh, looking at the rest of the field, you know there, there are a lot of horses in here you could consider. Um, I think she'll if she's everything I think she is. I think she will win this race. Look for Chad Brown maybe with fluffy socks or maybe Haughty. Uh, to try to complete this daily, the exacta. But, I, I mean, I, I don't think they can be. A Spenderella workouts are tremendous. Um, I, this, I think this was a monster. What do you think, Lou? I agree. I think Spenderella, you know, much like Goodnight Olive, these, these, you know, the fourth and fifth races look, you know, pretty chalky. So you've got to try to find something on the bottom. I'll tell you, there, there's an interesting horse here. You may want to just use in the tries and the exactas named Sharp Hero, the one horse. Yeah. Um, th- th- I'll tell you, this mare has won two out of her last three starts. There is no – keep in mind, we- we've heard today that uh, Safi Joseph's horses are scratching. So the sixth horse, Sister Luann, will scratch out of this race, speed of the race. The only speed of the race now is the one horse, Sharp Hero. So Sharp Hero may be able to kind of 
get some early fractions, easy fractions. And, you know, again, not Spinnerella is going to win this race, but there's a good chance Sharp Hero at 51 to 1 morning line may run second or third in this race, just given the fact that that scratch is out of the race here and Joseph, uh, Safi Joseph's horse, Sister Luan. So we got, we're green on Spenderella as All well. Right, so Spenderella. So the fourth, oh, 100%. fourth race, we've got two to good win night by olive. Five lines. Five lines. All right. And then Spenderella, the five horse in the fifth race. Pat, move it on to race number six. The sixth race, the uh, Knicks go uh, is a one mile race. This is a, a non graded race. Th- this is an interesting race. This is where we get some, we get some action. Um, looking at this race, I, I found it difficult. I, I can't bet the six, although he ran good in uh, back down at fairgrounds. That's another Brad Cox horse. But I, I'm liking Lucas's horse, the 12 Cattle River. I like the two uh, Mask, Mask Parade. I think these are two horses that have a shot. There's another horse in there that I kind of liked. Uh, I, this is an animal that always gets bet, um, and that's Baby Yoda. This is a horse that one you just don't know. One day to the next, you don't know where to look. But I'm I'm leaning on the twelve and the two in this race. What about you, Louie? You know, I you know this is a top. This is a great race to spread. First of all, as right. a, as a gambler, so if you know you're looking to you know play a you know horizontal bet, pick three, pick four, you know whatever it may be. This is this is a race you could get a price. I like knee deep knee deep in the snow here. Um, I think this. I think this horse has been wanting to stretch out a little bit um, along this horse. I think wants a light went to the lead last time out off of a, you know, six month layoff, got a little tired with Gaff Leone aboard now gets a rat or tease. I think if this horse gets to relax on the lead a little bit out of the outside post, it just kind of can relax the first half mile. I think the nine horse may want to route a little bit here. Um, you know, we're going to find out Lionheart on the mayor's side, you know, has some route in her. This horse really hasn't, uh, you know, you know, run a lot of long races, but I like the nine a little bit. A tough, tough, tough race. One of the tougher races of the card. Absolutely. And I tell you what, she ran really well in the Vanderbilt against Jackie's Warrior at Saratoga. Yeah. And the four go, that's when Cody's wish just became a monster. So we go, we'll go there later. But I, I, <laughs> I like that. That I may have to. Put, I'll put the nine there with the two and the twelve as far as my uh, pick threes and pick fours, whatnot. All right. So Pat, you've got uh, watching that race is an easy, an easy, relaxing pace for her. She, I mean, for him, she, he may have a shot. I would agree with that too. All right. So Pat, you like the two and the twelve. Louis likes the nine. So that's that's, I, I do. I, that's a nice little box rate. That's a nice, that, that'll be a hell of an exacted. By yeah. The way. yeah. All right. We'll look forward to that. That's the sixth race. All right, PC, pick it up with uh, race number seven. This is a great race. This is the Twin Spires Turf Sprint. This is a classic animal race. There's a lot of horses in this race that are interesting. There's a lot of lot of speed. I'm looking for a couple of closers. Um, I, the last race out, his first start of the year, Caravelle beat uh, the 10, arrest me. He was flying. I, I, he picks up Irad, who rode him previously. Um, in, t- in the turf sprint, I, I really like the ten in this race because I like I, I remember the last race. There's another horse in this race that could be interesting. I don't know if it's if he's this kind of if he's a grade one or two true grade two horse. That would be big invasion. He was running really well, but the uh, the the upset spe- the the long shot in this race could be bad beat Brian. That might be the exact that would arrest me. All right, so Pat's good looking at uh, looking at ten six. 10-6. Louie, where are you on the on race seven? What are you looking at? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at one of the, you know, big invasion. You know, we talked about all the speed in the race. I think I think um, he's a nice closer, and he's going to probably sit near the inside part of the, you know, in on the rail a little bit and probably get a really fast-paced run out. This horse is one. Gosh, what is it now? I mean, it's like seven out of his last eight races. Uh, I mean, this horse is almost unbeatable in here. I think if I, I think if the pace is good, which there's no reason why it shouldn't be, and that nice inside post, the only thing that gets this horse beat if if he doesn't have any room down the stretch. I mean, you know, you ride turf horses, you know, turf races, looking for you know save ground and looking for a spot to run through. And, you know, that's what this horse is going to be doing. The only horse, the only way this horse gets beat is if this horse somehow lacks room down the stretch. But I love this horse in here coming from off the pace, big invasion, the four horse. All right. Ken Thompson, Pat Casal, Louis Masri, take a quick break, come back, wrap it up, get through the rest of the races at a rapid pace. Keep it right here. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, Don streaming live on the Odyssey app. We're here at PSBR Law Studios. Mark Hoke running the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. There you go, a little uh, Kentucky Derby theme music here. Mark Hoke's been in the hits here. Pat Casale in studio. Louis Masri live from Kentucky. Going to be attending the Oaks tomorrow and, of course, the Kentucky Derby Day on Saturday with our good pal Brian Panish. PSBR Law Studios is where we are at, and PSBR Law Hotline is where Louis is joining us. Pat Casale take over because we've got races, uh, what do we got? 8 through 12. 8 through 12 now, and uh, you and Louis Masri have given out so far, four through seven. So pick it up, Pat. we got about nine and a half minutes. Let's All right. go. In the eighth race, this is the Pat Day Mile. This has always been a very good race. This is an interesting race because, again, this is not there's – no, there's a lot of spread here. There's no clear-cut monster that you can say, I'm going to jump on this horse. So for my money – I'm going to look for the 10-horse, Curly Jack. These are all three-year-olds that were eligible potentially for the Derby. Curly Jack ran well, uh, but the problem is he ran against two gorillas, Angel of Empire that's in the Derby and King's like This horse might like a little shorter distance. The mile might fit this horse well. Um, I, I like him a little bit. with Tom, This is Tommy Amos's horse. The other horses that I'm looking at, um, General Jim coming off of the swale, ran a hell of a race at seven furlongs. Again, a mile, seven furlongs. This horse looks pretty solid. And the other one I'm looking at is Kangaroo Court, uh, Tim Yak team's horse, team's horse. This is a really nice horse. Tactical speed, should be near the pace. I think Kangaroo Court, so I'm going to box the 1 and the 9 and the 10. Um, I think this is a nice, this is a really good player for me. For me, I think it's a lot of action. Louie? Yeah, we're not on the same page, but uh, I like Echo again, the favorite, 7-2 to two for Ron Winchell and Steve Asmussen. I think this horse ran a nice, Race last time out, an allowance race at Oakland Park, uh, you know, 90, 90 uh, buyer figure. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, again, tough race, really tough race. You may want to spread here, um, you know, pick a horse and maybe key it in exact as you try. Michelle Lovell's 13, Damon's Mound, got out of the gate quick last year. Everybody thought this was going to be a rock, rock and roll special after his first two starts went south. So, yeah, this is an interesting race. Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting field that uh, I'd spread here. Now, the ninth race is my favorite race. Of, it's one of my favorite races. I love the American turf. This is at a mile and a 16th. This is a very, very powerful race. A lot of talent in this race. Uh, 
Browns got a horse named Carl Spackler, who is out of a tremendous sire. Lope de Vega out of Ireland. This is a great sire. He's been very, very successful in the United States. Spackler's first race ran like a monster, just got beat, and then came back and blew away the field in a maiden special, both at Gulfstream. I'm sure that they're going to be... They're going to be looking at this horse. Uh, I don't know. I, I would bet a short price. But the horse I'm really looking at is the four horse. Talk of the nation, Gaffleone, uh won both races down at um, Tampa. This horse looks like a McGahee monster. I, I love this. This horse has got total kick. I, I think he's a great play, 10-to-1 morning line. Far bridge I'm looking at also. I'm liking the 2-4, and I might throw in, you know, uh, maybe, maybe – I'll probably throw in the 11 for the trifecta, but I really like the two and the four. I think the four is a real live horse. I'll tell you, the four horse is my play of the day. There's no better bet. Churchill Downs card in the ninth race, the four or talk of the nation. This horse I've heard is just crawling out of his skin. Uh, he's won three out of four races. Ten to, you will not see 10 to one. We're lucky we see three to one on this horse. Uh, this horse is a quality road out of a street cry uh, mare. Bred fully for the turf. This is the perfect stage for this horse. Won three out of four against Tyler Gaffleone. I do not see talk of the nation. Spackler is a great, great, great horse. Um, you know, Carl Spackler can run, but only has two starts off since February. I will tell you this four horse, talk of the nation, will not get beat. Derby day. There you go. My man, I love you, man. That was awesome. All right, so five and a half minutes, three races. This race is is a no-brainer. He'll agree, I'm pretty sure. Cody's Wish might be the best sprinter in the nation. I mean, this horse rocked the world back in March of last year, and since then, all he does is win. Uh, Alvarado, Billy Mott's horse, I, I, I don't know how they – I don't see anybody beating this horse in this race. Uh, I might use endorsed in the exacta. Maybe why the barrio got scratched. I, I think Cody's Wish is a lock. Louie? I bet a stone-cold seven-horse Cody Wish to the six-horse Sano Twist. I think that's the play. Stone-cold exact a seven-six in that race. I can no way they beat Cody's Wish. It's a shame. All right, great stuff. I didn't realize we had dinner tonight. We're we're right on together. This is awesome. All right, uh, race 11, PC. The Old Forester, another turf horse. This is a turf classic, grade one, you know, a mile and an eighth. This is is an interesting race because I'll tell you right now, I liked Masterpiece. Who got scratched? I think this. Guy, I like Lemaire on this horse, so I thought this horse had a legitimate chance. Uh, looking at this race, you got a shipper from California, Hong Kong Harry. I don't know if he's the same horse he was a year, a year ago. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I'm leaning on the four, uh, Steady On and Santine the eight. Um, Gaffleone could have a monster day, and, and I like the nine a little bit. Spooky Channel, Spooky Channel won a, a monster race down at. Um, Fairgrounds in the months. That, so I'm looking at this race as being, you know, a four eight nine. Louis, I think spooky. I think the nine horse spooky channels the now horse. This horse is, you know, went right there at the wire in all uh, six of his last starts. Uh, I think spooky channel is a great play here at five to one morning line. You'll probably get about four to five one on this horse. This horse went thirteen out of twenty eight races. I like spooky channel in here. Um, and you know, kind of semi upset. I love it. I really do. Now comes the Kentucky Derby, and so we, I tried to leave as much time for this race as I could. This this is an interesting race. A lot of horses are training well. I, I think the three two fills has never run on the dirt at this level where he's where he's been, where he's won. He got blown out in in the Breeders' uh, Futurity last year at Keeneland by Forte. 
He ran against Angel of Empire down at Fairgrounds in the Risen Star, but came back at, at, at Turfway Park. And the Turfway horse has been racing amazing. This may be the best horse Larry Ribelli has ever had. This horse, they say, is working out like a champ. This this is somebody who's, um, you have to look at. Tapit Trice is coming in this race solid as a rock, but I... I my my bet of the day on the, in the Derby is the six Kings Barn along with the seventeen. I, I I'm all over Japan the Japanese horse in Forte. So I'm gonna be ba- I'm gonna be boxing the six, the seventeen, and the fifteen. And for a super, I'm gonna throw in the three. I think Kings Barn. I cannot believe you're gonna have a horse racing at four different tracks with four different jockeys. But his last race at a mile and three sixteenths, which is closest to a mile a quarter, you're going to get, was a gorilla race in the Louisiana Derby. Um, the Medellin race for Dharma Sodagak is amazing. This this horse, I believe, if this if Lemaire wins this race, the Japanese may pull off a triple crown. All right, Louis, you got the floor. Yeah, I, you know what? It, it, you know, as all derbies are, they're tough races to bet. You know, you've got a twenty horse field. Uh, you know, it, it, I'll tell you. My pick is going to be the 14-horse Angel of Empire. Uh, this is a colt that, you know, won the Arkansas Derby by four lengths. Flavian Pratt rides, won the Risen Star the race before that. Uh, I, I like to post the 14 post for a horse that likes to sit about probably mid-pack in this race, ninth or 10th. I think he'll have a great kick down the stretch. I do agree. I think the Japanese horse, Dermot, uh, Sodagaki is literally, if you watch the works on the video, you go to Churchill Downs' website and look at the workouts. This horse is just crawling out of his skin. He just wants to run, run, run. He ran a great, great race in Dubai. Uh, the Japanese have been dominating international racing now for the couple of year, the last couple of years. One reason is because they bought bought some of the best racing mares uh, in the U.S., um, I, you know, I like the 14 and 17 here. I do agree. I think, well, I think Ken, Kings Barnes is a really, really nice horse. I'm a little concerned about the fractions, the 114 and change of fairgrounds. Uh, but th- this is a colt that's on the improve. Uh, another court, colt that I don't think you can leave out in Kings Barn and uh, Tappet Thrice. I think, you know, you, uh, you know the Tappet horses, they paid $1.3 million for this colt. And he's won uh, four out of five races. So I'm... I'm I'm keying the 14 horse Angel of Empire with uh, Kings Barnes, who's the six horse, and the uh, I'm sorry, the five horse Tappet Thrice, the six horse Kings Barnes, and the 17 horse, the Japanese horse Termaso Nagaki. And I will tell you, this horse, there's a, I, I think this horse will either win by four lengths or get beat badly here. I'm just not sure. Um, you just don't see a lot of Japanese horses come over from the Kentucky Derby, but this horse go on. Let me say one thing though: there's a chance that come tomorrow, um, there's a couple of horses that may scratch out yep. here. And Mandarin Hero, the 22 horse, may scratch in. He did the get scratched in. He's in. Mandarin, he got in. He's in. So Mandarin Hero, Mandarin Hero, the 22 horse. Um, this horse got beat a nose in the San Diego Derby. Had was blocked the whole yep. turn and the stretch. I'll tell you, this horse may be able to run. As a matter of fact, if you want to get creative, take the 17 and 22, the two Japanese horses, and exact to box them. You may see Japan one too here. Yeah, you know what's All funny? Right, I, I had him in the Senate Derby. So so you know this. The 20 out, got guys. scratched. The 20 got scratched as well. 19, 20, and the 10 are scratched, Louis. 
Louis, great stuff, man. Up against a hard break, my man. But we got it all, and people will be able to go back on the archives and listen. Make sure they have all those notes, and a lot of you guys, or a lot of them, uh, you guys were on the same page. Hour number one in the books coming back. Curtis Stock going to join us. We're going to talk some more horse racing. He wrote a book on the Turcots. We're live from Vegas, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan to day for peace of mind visit pdcenterlv.com rob ritchie farmers insurance 702-335-5744 702-335-5744 laborers union 872 the builders of allegiant stadium and the las vegas ballpark home of the aviators promodirect.com use k-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, hour number two, Throwback Thursday. And you know, anytime Kentucky Derby around the corner, always bring Pat Casal in studio. Louis Masri, who is there, getting set to go to the Oaks tomorrow. And, of course, Derby Day with Panish on Saturday. They're taking it all in from Kentucky. And a great first hour. And we continue with the racing theme. Going to get with our special guest, Curtis Stock, in just a sec. Real quick, let me update the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. 127-100, no problem for the Warriors to even up the series with the Lakers. Take care of business in a big way, easily covering the seven. Game does get over. The total of 226.5. You heard that score, 127 to 100. By the hook, as we say here in Vegas, by the half point, if you had it. Uh, unbelievable. And actually, the opening number was 227.5. Crazy as it is, you could have actually middled that if you wanted to, but nobody's going to play with that. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but most people will not mess with just a one-point margin on a total. 127-100 Warriors over the Lakers. Meanwhile, on the ice, 3-2, to two, the final. Florida beats Toronto. Spotted the Maple Leafs, a 2-0 lead in the first period. Got a late goal in the first to cut it to 2-1. Got the only two goals in the second period. And the Panthers, they continue to strive and uh, make Maple's, Maple Leaf fans' lives miserable. Leafs getting through the first round, able to get one getting past Tampa Bay, but dropping both games in Ontario. And they'll head to Florida now, down two games to none. And Maple Leaf fans dejected, but they're used to it. It's playoff hockey, haven't won it since 67. 3-2, to two, Florida wins at a 2-0 lead for the Panthers. Game going on right now. Pavelski, four goals the other night, not enough. Seattle beat him 5-4 in overtime. Pavelski, another goal tonight. Right now, Dallas with a 3-1 lead, 10-10 left. Third period from Big D. Stars try to even things up, and now they go under the 10-minute mark. So 
uh, trying to even things up, send, him, send it back to the great Northwest, tied at one, and uh, we'll see if the Stars can hold on. I'll get you all the other baseball scores from earlier today. We'll get those later, uh, but we're going to focus in on our guest, Curtis Stock, Louis uh, Masri, of course, joining us hour number one, but Pat Casal staying with me here in studio, hour number two. Pat's a big horse guy, loves the horses, and I told him, I said, hey, we've got a special guest, Curtis Stock. Uh, this guy's in the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame, for the love of God. we got to get this guy on, and and of course, Pat and I remember being young men sitting around watching uh, the old wide world of sports, I guess it was more or less as far as uh, Secretariat with that ridiculous Belmont Stakes where it looked like nobody was running except Secretariat as he just kept increasing that lead. But the Turcots, Ron Turcott, of course, on board there and the Turcott family, very famous family and from the uh, uh, the great country of Canada, north of the border, and Curtis Stock, that is where he is from. He makes his home now in Alberta, and uh, he's kind enough to take time with us this hour. Lots to talk about, including Curtis's book and uh, his you know relationship there with the Turcotte family and all the stuff that he knows about them and following. And, of course, we talked a little hockey. You know in Canada, that's, I mean, you learn how to skate before you learn how to walk. They are you know, big time as far as hockey. And I was listening to the Maple Leafs home network tonight, and it's the the Molson Leaf network. I mean, it's unreal. And they were just so dejected. They're trying to keep a straight face as they're blowing that 2 nothing lead. But I'm just wondering, Curtis Stock, because you're there in Alberta, and I know you used to work in Calgary, and I know you used to write in Edmonton. So Golden Knights are playing the Edmonton Oilers and got a win Last night, and I even tweeted out because it was unbelievable how Pavelski gets four goals for Dallas in their home opener, and they lose five to four in overtime to Seattle. And then the following night, four goals for Leon Dreisaitl on the road, but the only four goals that Edmonton gets, and they lose to the Golden Knights six to four. So both teams in a 1 0 hold despite having a four goal goal scorer. Uh, but I didn't know where your allegiance was as far as hockey, Curtis Stock. Well, I'm. Uh, I got to be an Oilers fan now. There uh, now, okay. Because so, so if it's the Flames and the Oilers playing for the West, who are you rooting oh, for? The Oilers. The Oilers. Okay. The Oilers. And yeah, uh, is, no, it, uh, is 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 it would it be Maple Leaf since you're from you're you're from back uh, Eastern Canada initially? Yeah, I used to follow the Leafs quite a bit. They used to be my team. Hated the Montreal Canadiens. There you go. Now we hate the Calgary Flames. So okay. All right, good stuff though, because I was following your uh, some of your, uh, your your Twitter stuff, and we'll get into that a little bit. Pat Casal is in studio with me; he's a big horse fan and a and a handicapper, and loves it. Uh, how about some uh, before we get into the book and everything else? How about some background on Curtis Stock? Because you've been doing this for a long time. You've been uh, you know around the you know the horse game for a long time, and you fell in love with you know horses when you were uh, just a young lad. So, kind of clue everybody in on the background of Curtis Stock. Well, I've been covering horse racing for 50 years. So uh, I used to go to the track in Calgary all the time. It was just a few furlongs from the school I went to. We used to tape the racing form into my binders. And while uh, other kids were trying to figure out uh, Henry VIII, I was trying to figure out who was going to win the eighth. <laughs> I like it. That's great stuff. I, I mean, we, we have uh, Pat and I hail from, you know, back east. And I remember, you know, going to Freehold Raceway, uh, you know, the afternoon races. We had split sessions my junior and senior year. So it was kind of cool. And, and we'd bug out early and, and hit Freehold for the, you know, the harness racing. But then, you know, if we had 
you know, a nice afternoon, we trek on up to the Meadowlands up in North Jersey and have a little bit of fun there. So I always enjoyed uh, the characters as far as in the horse racing realm and, you know, especially, you know, the, the pipe smokers and the, uh, the cigar smokers and, and the different hats and the regulars at the track. And you got, <laughs> you got to know some of these characters, Curtis. Uh, I'm sure you've known a, a bunch of them up there in Canada throughout your years. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of characters around every racetrack, but there's certainly lots around Edmonton. Well, you're, you're coming from the land of Northern Dancer. I mean, that was, that's, that's, right. that, that, that's, that, that's, that's Canada's footprint. And E.P. Taylor, that, that man, what he did for thoroughbred horse racing is amazing up in Canada. And actually, the United States should really acknowledge him much more. I think they should have – I mean, he, he was amazing. Northern Dancer was a little runt of a horse, but it was a beast. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, Ron Turcott rode him. Ron Turcott rode uh, Northern Dancer, and he got his first job riding for Winfield Farms. So that's where he started off. And he was a rugged little guy. I mean, Turcott was a tough oh, yeah. dude. He was. I mean, let me tell you, in the, in the uh, jocks room, Ken, KT, this was not a guy that you wanted to mess with. If he got pissed at in the back, you got punched in the face. Am I wrong? No, yeah, you're right. He had a 42 inch chest and a 28 inch waist. He was a lumberjack. He was all muscle. The guy wow. was, the, and he was a lumberjack. He's like the Bobby Hall of, of horse racing. Wow, this yeah, is great. For uh, sure. All right, so so Curtis, for our listeners, uh, the book, the Turcotts, the remarkable story of a horse racing dynasty, and it's not just Ron Turcott. Ron Turcott, uh, the headliner, as far as the one that people will know the name. But talk to me a little bit about the background because he had. Four other brothers, and uh, they all had a passion for uh, horse racing. Yeah, they were all good too. Uh, Rudy was maybe even a better rider than Ron, and Ron will tell you that he was—he uh, won races up and down the Atlantic Sea Coast. One year he was New York's leading rider, and Ron was second. Roger was a top apprentice rider in North America in 1975. Noel was a top Canadian jockey, especially in grass races, and Ease was a top rider in Alberta for many years. I didn't know that. I didn't. They, they, I knew about two of his brothers. I mean, his one brother, but I didn't realize yeah. about Noah. I didn't know anything about him. And, and he, like you said, he rode in Canada primarily, right? Yeah, yeah. Collectively, they won eight thousand races, more than eight thousand races for for earning to just shy of sixty million. So they could all ride. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh... Uh, I've got the book now, but I'm really looking forward to reading it. And of course, the uh, the Kentucky Derby coming up on Saturday. We'll get into that. Uh, but let's go back and talk a little bit about Ron Turcott and about uh, one of the most amazing athletes. And I, and I, t- trust me, I mean, to me, Secretariat, one of the greatest athletes as far as any yeah. sport forever. Just I, I remember that the family get-togethers back in the day, in the, in the in the you know in the late '60s, the '70s, and I remember as a family, you know, Wide World of Sports, and I remember when uh, Ken Norton broke Ali's jaw on Wide World of Sports, and my dad sitting there because he was a Joe Frazier guy, so he was all happy, and you just remember things like that growing up, and I remember you know Bjorn Borg and Wimbledon, and and my dad you know just you know bringing me up to par on uh, you know the British Open and the Masters and all these different things. That that, that we did together, but there was something about the Kentucky Derby, and any time you had a shot after the Preakness at the Triple Crown involving the Belmont Stakes, especially because I lived in North Jersey, you know, and New York was right there, it was big time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Ron Turcott, Secretariat, and just a magical time, and a big time for, you know, Canada, because Ron Turcott was one of their own. Oh, yeah, Ron Turcott is... Uh... 
very loved in Canada, especially in New Brunswick, where he's from. I mean, he came from a town of 700 people and with a family of 14 other kids. So it's it's amazing that five of them became jockeys and really good jockeys, but they all had their tragedies too. You know, Ron is 82 years old. How's he doing, may I ask, before I get any further into this? Because I'm still amazed he's still alive. God bless him. Yeah, well, he got hurt in 1978. He broke his back and was paralyzed from the waist down, but he never complained. I spent three days with him a few years ago in New Brunswick, and they just loved him there. When we were at his house one day, uh, two ladies knocked on the door. They'd driven up from Kentucky just to get his autograph. Wow. Yeah, that is, that I had his autograph, gets, by the way. Yeah, he still gets letters just simply addressed Ron Turcott, New Brunswick. There you go. Big, big fan of the uh, show SportsX Radio for a long, long time that listens sometimes to the archives. My buddy Jay called down there in the Kentucky area saying, great show, uh, KT. You got to do more, uh, you know, shows like this where you have, you know, the horse racing theme uh, at the forefront. Don't just wait for the Kentucky Derby. So Curtis Stock is our guest right now, and we're talking a little bit about his book, coming, uh, which is out now, and it's about the Turcotte family and the horse racing dynasty, the Turcotts. Uh, Curtis, you mentioned a town of 700. Not a lot of people got out of that uh, that area. It was a woodsy area, and a lot of people, they grew up, and it was a, you know, a hand-me-down as far as that's where you lived, and uh, that's where you died. That's right, yeah. And uh, But Ron wanted uh, something better than working in the, in the lumber mills and in the forests, and he tried to go. He went to Toronto to get, try to get a job in Toronto and wound up picking worms for he got three dollars for a thousand worms, I read and that. Uh, it, was, it was just a complete accident that he got into horse racing because the landlord of the boarding house that he stayed in in Toronto was watching the Kentucky Derby in uh, 1962, I guess it would have been, and uh, he said, "That's what you should be." And he said, "What?" And he said, "A jockey." And he, Ron said, "What's a jockey?" And the landlord said, "The little guys in the white pants." That's and amazing. He, but it, Next day, he went to the track, and he got a job, and and the rest is is history because within two years, he was Canada's leading rider after never being in a saddle before. He'd never been seen a thoroughbred, never seen a horse race. Yeah, he fell in love. And Curtis, he he fell in love with with the whole procedure, and then he kind of connected with uh, one of the guys that worked there, and he ended up, you know, he was able to get into the track, and and sometimes even before school or whatnot, he'd go there early to kind of take in the workouts and the, uh, the early runs, right? No, Ron never did. No, there was no racing in New Brunswick. So it was just when he went to Toronto that he found horse racing. And again, it was just Woodbine, yeah. Wow, good stuff. Purely by accident that he got there. And then his brothers, five of them, four other brothers followed him. Wow, unreal. And and then uh, you did say, uh, I believe that tragedy did strike a few of them. I know alcoholism may have come into play. Yeah, yeah, with quite a few of them. Uh, as we said, Ron uh, broke his back. Uh, Rudy died of alcoholism. Noel and uh, and Roger both committed suicide. And Eve, who was the last jockey, he got hurt much like Ron did in a in a race, and he fractured his skull and had five three brain bleeds and was forced to retire. So oh, they had their great moments, but they had their tragedies. Unbelievable. I mean, this is. Uh... This is one one heck of a book. My goodness, uh, you know, just 
to get all the information and to follow, I mean, I would think, you know, in your five decades, you're pretty much following the family. Uh, but, you know, just had to be excruciating to get some of this information, you know, that you're finding out about to put this book together. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Roger and Eve, they both rode in Alberta, so I got to know them very well. Rudy came out to Alberta, too. Uh, Ron, of course, just uh, rode in the big leagues in New York and in Florida and down the Atlantic Sea coast. And uh, Rudy did the same. Uh, Noel rode strictly at Woodbine. You know, I have a question. In Ontario. This is going to be the 50th year since the, uh, the yeah. secretary. Is it's Ron going to be at Belmont for the, the for the day? No. No, he doesn't get around very well anymore. I tried to convince him to go, but uh, he just can't get around that well anymore. God bless him. I, I got to tell you, I just it, it, what's interesting is the movie – doesn't do Ron Turcotte justice, but he was one tough son of a gun. But what people don't realize is he won the Derby in 72 on Reaver Ridge. Yeah, and he won the, uh, the Belmont. The Belmont, too, and the only thing that beat him was the slop in, in the Preakness. That Reaver Ridge couldn't stand up in the slop. How's that for an interest? And then Reaver Ridge actually ran against um, Secretary when they when he was three and, and four, respectively, and Secretary yeah. took out his, his, his uh, roommate, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, your book, I'm looking, actually, I'm buying it. I was reading the excerpts online. They're outstanding. I, I got to tell you the truth. I, my heart just dropped when I read about his brothers committing suicide. I, I guess alcoholism impacted their lives. Yeah, and weight. They, they all struggled with weight. Uh, Ron was lucky. He didn't have to struggle that much with it. But Noel, Rudy, Roger, and especially Eves really struggled with the weight and when they couldn't, when they got too heavy to ride, they got despondent, obviously, and they were, they were, you know, they were hot, walking hots and working in the backstretch, and and for whatever reason, they decided that they couldn't do it anymore, and they both uh, took their own lives. Wow, Curtis, of course, you've been following uh, the racing game for a long time. Have you made it to the uh, Kentucky Derby and, and, and all the big races down here in the states? Uh, the Breeders' Cup I have, but I've never been to the Kentucky Derby. I've been to Churchill, but I've never been to the Derby, and it's one place that I've got to go. All right, we got to get that on the bucket list. Maybe we'll uh, be able to connect. Too bad I didn't know that uh, my main sponsor, Brian Panish, he is there with Louis Masri, who was a guest from Elite Racing Net uh, on uh, the first hour. So those guys are taking in the festivities tomorrow at uh, Oaks Day and, of course, on Saturday. Uh, you still you enjoy the uh, the handicapping of the races yourself? Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, that's what got me interested in the first place. The first bet I cashed, first bet I made, I cashed a $36 Quinella, and I thought this was pretty easy. <laughs> hey, there you go. That, that's it. The rest is history. All right, Pat Casal and uh, Curtis Stock, you guys break down the derby. Pat, uh, you know, some questions because you guys are on the same page as far as handicapping. Well, this this year, the uh, like I said earlier, the Oaks is not as – this is the weakest Oaks I've seen in a number of years. This derby is a very well-balanced derby. There's a lot of quality animals. I, I would say uh, more than half of this field – before it's over, will make an impact on the racing industry. What do you think, sir? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very well balanced field. Uh, Forte is obviously going to be very tough, but I like a I like a bit of a long shot. I like the Arkansas Derby winner, Angel of Empire. I thought he looked just absolutely fantastic in the Arkansas Derby. 
Yeah, he, he, I had him that day. He ran like a freight train down the stretch. He's a, he's a stone closer. Uh, I'm looking at the 17 myself. That's Derma Sodagak. This horse is the yeah. Japanese horse. I, I, I really, and I love Lemaire, the, the jockey, shipping in from Europe. Yeah, well, he's uh, definitely the wild card in there, isn't he? He won the uh, UAE Derby very impressively. So uh, we don't know really what he is, but we might find out on Saturday. And the other one I'm looking at is a six horse, Kings Barnes. This this horse ran yeah. Gorilla, and both of these horses are coming out of races that are very close to being a mile and a quarter. And the way they both won was impressive. Kings Barnes has the tactical speed that could actually go right to the front, and if he gets to slow it down. With uh, Jose Ortiz might get this get his first Derby, but we'll look for Forte to come flying late. I agree. Irad I has got is has got magic in his hands, but I, I really I really like the seventeen with the six, and I'm going to use the five, fifteen as well. Well, Kings Barnes only had three races though, so that's uh, that's a detriment. It is, and, and the only horse to to be successful and only run as a three year old was Justify a few years ago when he won the yeah. when he won the Triple Crown. Um, yeah. This is another, but this is this is another well-trained horse by Cox. I think this horse might be the, the at twelve to one morning line. If I can get that kind of price along with uh, the seventeen, I'll be breakdancing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> I, I want to see that first of all, Curtis uh, Louis Masri, who joined us, hour number one. He also likes Angel of Empire. That's the horse he's looking at as far as to win the Derby. Uh, he also thought that. Uh, Derma Sadagaki was uh, was a wild card, yeah. the the Japanese horse, and then with Mandarin Hero now being entered because of some scratches, another Japanese horse said keep an eye out there as well. Pat, you said the same. Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that's going to hurt that horse is that the post position will probably be the nineteen or the twenty for the twenty two, yeah. and I, I like the horse, but that the, the you know uh, Animal Kingdom was the only horse I can remember that won from the twentieth post position. That's I mean seventeen is going to be tough too, but what's interesting. Uh, I read this. I heard this earlier. There may be a couple other scratches that would tighten up the field a little bit, and I think that might help the seventeen and the fifteen a hell of a lot. Uh, the King, Kings Barnes in a great spot, but I think if that happens, um, we might. We this is going to be a great race. This is a great betting race. Oh yeah, I mean you're getting value with uh, with almost every horse except for Forte. But uh, I like. There's another horse in there that could surprise too that you haven't mentioned is Disarm. I don't know why, but uh, I just keep thinking this disarm could be, be be the long shot winner this year too. And you know, Jose, you got you got Joel Rosario. He ran very well his last couple of starts. It's really interesting. Are you gonna Are you gonna watch the Oaks tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. What do you think about the Oaks this year? Interesting race. Yeah, it's interesting. There's no standouts. That's that's exactly what I said. I I, I really th- th- this is what I like. I, I love betting the Oaks Derby Double. I've hit it like four out of the last five years, six years, and I really like oh, this. Good. I really think this is a great bet. Um, I'm looking at – I heard South Lawn is really training well. Everything I've been watching has been great about him. I like the six botanical, another cox horse with Chris Landeros. But the horse I'm looking at is Mimi Kakushi. Um, this horse has won three in a row. I think this horse could surprise at 20-1 to one morning line. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. She could win that for sure. Who are you looking at in that race? A botanical. I, I got I got to agree with me. This this horse is coming into this race like a monster. The numbers are just jumping off the page, and horses coming in from Turfway ran great at Keeneland. Have you been to Keeneland, sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Keeneland. Oh, it's it's like 
It's it's the only thing. The only place better than Keeneland is Saratoga. Have you been there? Yeah, oh yeah, I've been to Saratoga. Yeah, and uh, so Santa Anita and Del Mar are nice too, though. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. I I went to Saratoga last year. I much year. like Saratoga. <laughs> oh, I tell you that that that, the that history of the town. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the history and the the trees and uh, it is so nice there. Yeah, and the town is great. Well, this, uh, Curtis, listen, uh, the book, uh, The Remarkable Story of a Horse Racing Dynasty on the Turcots, uh, how can people get the book? What's the best way for them to go, Amazon, or where do they go? Yeah, Amazon's the easiest way to go. It's also uh, Barnes & Noble carries it and several other bookstores. I know it's available in most bookstores here in Canada. And, of course, you know, being on the western side of Canada and you're talking about, you know, Santa Anita and whatnot, do you make it down here to the Vegas Valley uh, at all? You make it down to Vegas? And I never used to miss going to Vegas. Me and this guy, my friend, we went every year. We drove down from Edmonton to Las Vegas once a year at the Super Bowl. We'd go down for the Super Bowl and watch the Super Bowl in Vegas. So I used to go at least twice or three times a year to Vegas. Well, you got to let us know when you come down. We'll take care of you. Yeah, we'll we'll take care uh-huh. of you. And, and here's here's the thing. We'll, I mean, we'll buy dinner anyway, but we'll uh, we'll make it a a real special night out if Edmonton beats the uh, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. But if they don't beat the Vegas Golden Knights, then I I, I at least uh, want to have a, have a drink on on Curtis Stock when he when he makes it down here. Sure, that's no problem. That'd be good bet. Yeah, that'd be it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm surprised McDavid didn't get on the board. I mean, Drysaddle gets all four. That's what, yeah, yeah, that's what worried he's, me because I knew I knew McDavid's like he's like a you know going around there, he's running, he's skating around everybody. Like, I mean, just in a, a remarkable uh, potential Hall of Famer, and we know he's going to be there if he stays healthy. But uh, big time MVP this year, and a lot of fun to watch on the ice. Uh, Mark Stone starting to get healthy, missed 39 games. And I think that's key for the Golden Knights because in between the pipes, you know, they need Brassois to step up. He, uh, did okay last night, but, uh, couldn't, couldn't stymie Dreisaitl, who is, uh, the 1A for McDavid. So you got the 1-1A entry there and it's a darn good one, but we look forward to touching base with you down the line. Um, I can't wait to read the book and I want to get you on after Pat and I both read the book, Curtis, so that we can talk about it a little bit more in detail with you. Sure, I'd love to do that. Well, that'd be outstanding. We'd appreciate you taking time again. And, and I messed up uh, last time. I, I had gotten the uh, the whole thing kind of locked in. Adam set everything up, and, and then it was like a month and a half earlier, and I never logged it on my calendar. And next thing I saw, uh, hockey's going on, hockey playoffs, and I see this number coming in from Calgary. And I'm like, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, like, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going, who did I set? I must have set up some hockey deal or somebody <laughs> set me up a, 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 an interview, and, and I'm missing it. I'm blowing it. And so I'm like, hey, I can't. Can't talk now. I'm on the air, and he's calling my cell phone. So I'm like, literally, and then I go back and I find out, and I'm like, oh, Curtis, I'm so sorry, my man. Uh, you're you're a good sport, and, and you rescheduled with me. Really appreciate you. We're going to push your book, and then Pat and I are going to read it. Curtis Stock, we're going to have you back on. Always a pleasure to get a, a big-time Hall of Famer like yourself. And, and I know you got a big event going on uh, Saturday as well and, and tomorrow. So, you know, take in the Derby, and then we'll come back and uh, maybe be able to talk to you before the uh, Belmont Stakes if we have a run at the Triple Crown here. Sure, that would be wonderful. Outstanding. We've got to get him down here for a hockey game. This is the best venue in the in, in the NHL. I don't know if you knew that, Curtis. My my, my business partner is from Aurelia, and he's in the Hall of Fame for the juniors. And he told me he could, he's never seen a better hockey venue. Oh, is that right? Yes, yeah, sir. You, had, you come down next next fall. I'll make sure I get you into the game. We'll go. To, we'll go. 
All right, we'll do that. Outstanding. Curtis Stock, we appreciate you taking time, SportsX Radio. Folks, if you missed any part of the interview or our number one on any of the horses or or the guys, the horses that they like for the Derby or the Oaks, uh, all of it will be up on Twitter. Uh, It'll be right there at SportsX Radio, at Ken Thompson 87. It'll be pinned right there. You'll have the archive show with no commercials. Take a break. Come back. Curtis Stock, we appreciate you. We'll do it again real soon. Mark Hoke takes us to break. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM K-Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app worldwide. We'll be right back. Ken Thompson, Pat Casal, Mark Hoke to wrap things up on a Throwback Thursday. Something magic happens Every time you go you make the magic happen The magic of Orioles baseball When the game is close And the yokes are hot There's a thundering roar from 34 To give it all they've got And you never know Who's gonna hear the call Every game does a different start that's the magic of Oriole Baseball. Oriole's magic, feel it happen. Oriole's magic, feel it happen. O-R-I-O-L-E-S. Magic, magic, Ah, uh, yeah, the, uh, the familiar anthem. SportsX Radio, uh, send that out to our good pal Mike Scalliott, who uh, sent me a text yesterday, big Yankee fan, saying, uh, I don't know, uh, no, Mets lose. It's a great day for a Yankee fan. Mets lose. Uh, won't be hearing that Orioles anthem. <laughs> Just good stuff. Oh, Mike Scalliott, well, we well, we got you back today. At least uh, not the Mets, because they lose again. Listen, that's why I'm on this Orioles bandwagon. But I got on early enough that Mark Hoke said, KT, there's room. Now, got a little worried today because the O's were up Eight to one after two and a half, and they blew that lead, and KC came all the way back. But the Orioles not only still win the game, but they also cover the run and a half if you laid the run and a half against Kansas City Royals. Orioles win it 13 to 10 at KC. They go to 21 and 10, 12 and 6 on the road. Now, they don't gain any ground on Tampa Bay, who got finished dusting off Pittsburgh, sweeping the Pirates, but still, it's an Orioles team. That has been a lot of fun, and right now four and a half games behind the Rays. Red Sox, red hot, just swept four games in Fenway from Toronto. They, they go were to, hot. They go to nineteen and fourteen. They've won uh, six in a row, and they move into third place, a half game ahead of Toronto, who they swept the four games from, and down in the cellar, but still over five hundred. Two games <laughs> over five hundred. The New York Yankees at seventeen and fifteen. This AL East again, only thirty two games into the season, uh, thirty one for the Orioles, but it's going to be a lot of fun as we move forward. I can't wait for these teams to play head to head. And you see Boston. I mean, they went right at Toronto and swept the Jays, and it's not three games. They swept them four at Fenway to elevate themselves right back into the thick of things. Uh, real quick to the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard, because I told you I would get you those baseball scores. But just to uh, reiterate, the Warriors evening the series with the Lakers, 127-100. Blowout win uh, goes over by a half point on the closing number of 226.5. Opening number was 227.5, and, and of course, falls at 227. 127-100. Warriors take care of business. Easy cover of the seven. In baseball today, Washington Walk-off win, beat the Cubs 4-3. to three. Washington with a four-game winning streak. First one since July of last year. Colorado, a four-game winning streak. First one since way back when. They knock off Milwaukee 9-6. to six. 
uh, at Coors Field. Atlanta, they just continue to win. They knock off uh, Miami down there in South Beach, 6-3, to three, the Braves' best record in the National League. Meanwhile, 7-3, to three, Minnesota cools off. The White Sox, Pale Hose had won three in a row, but the Twins get them today with Pablo Lopez on the hill. Talked about the Orioles, a 13-10. to 10. Uh, Producer Mark Hoke is a happy camper as far as his Orioles, but... I think he's got to be concerned about Grayson Rodriguez because this guy, highly touted as a pitcher, but he is not pitching worth a darn. He is getting shelled pretty much every time out, but they are scoring runs for him. Uh, he was a minus 188 today, uh, but they still come back after blowing an 8-1 lead and win it 13-10. to Seattle behind Kirby beats Oakland 5-3. to How about the A's? They lost again last night. That team, if they win 35 games, I mean – I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't even know if they're going to win 35 games. That's absolute, That's saying that they're going to lose 127 games, Pacquiao. That's the worst team in Major League history. They make the 62 Mets look like a world beaters. They're already outscored by over 100-plus runs. No, 130 now. That's going a into, joke. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. And they're coming to Vegas? Well, they're not that same team. There's going to be a lot of changes when they but get you, here. But the concept is that they're going to draw fans from around the country to come watch baseball? I don't think so. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, uh, they'll spend some money. And, uh, uh, you know, free agency can change things in a in a hurry. Uh, Boston 11-5 over Toronto. Gausman getting racked. Who was on the show last night? Uh, oh, my nephew. He said, I know Gausman's pitching, but I, I won't be surprised if Boston, you know, gets a lot of runs on them. So, uh, shout out there, uh, Neff Steph. Good stuff. Uh, my nephew getting that one right. Uh, Verlander makes his Mets debut, gives up two solo home runs in the first inning. And that's it. That's all the scoring there was. Eduardo Rodriguez was solid. Detroit shuts out the Mets and sweeps the Mets. 2 nothing. the final. Mets drop to 16-16. and Chris Wynn in his glory as his Tigers take care of the Metropolitan. Sportex Michelle, my sister, also a Tigers fan. Tampa, 3-2. to They nip Pittsburgh and Velazquez behind Zach Eflin. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays now 26-6, and six, and Griffin Cannon getting good run support as the Halos knock off St. Louis. They got to Flaherty early. Redbirds, the St. Louis Cardinals, the worst record in the National League right now at 10-22. and 22. Unbelievable. That a look at baseball. And again, on the ice, Florida 3-2, knock off Toronto, a 2-0 lead in the series for the Panthers, and Dallas evens things up with the Seattle Kraken, a 4-2 win. That series, even at one, they head to the Great Northwest a look at the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. My good pal Pat Casal uh, sticking with me. And Pat's going to run the show on Monday, so he's going to have a complete recap from Friday and from uh, Saturday. PC, I'm feeling good about you doing the show Monday because you're going to take care of business and make us some money. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I feel really good about it. i gotta, I got to ask you a question. Are the Tampa Bay Rays the 84 Tigers? No, the 84 Tigers were 35 and 5, not 26 and 6. No, they were playing good ball. They've yet, though, really to play. But I mean, go wire to wire. Yeah, but no, because they've yet to play the teams inside the AL East. They're playing the Yankees this weekend. They're playing the Yankees Yankees and they play, and the Orioles are right there around the corner. I can't wait to see them start playing some of the other teams inside the division. I know they they had success against Boston, I think, earlier in the year. And uh, maybe got and, and Toronto as well. Get the broom for the Yankees this weekend. Mark will be very happy. But I got to say this: the bet of the century, honestly, all right, was the over on the Orioles for wins this year. They're well coached. Well, we talked about it. Mark Hoke and I talked oh about it. it Seventy nine and a half. I think it was. Oh, yep. They're going to win ninety games. Yeah, he's, Mark's all happy. 
Yeah, he's he's happy. He's not wearing his headset, so he can't come on. He's not paying attention. Yeah, he didn't have his ears on. He's not doing the Mickey Mouse. All right, there he is. I, you know, I'm we, listening. Are, you're listening, but you, when I don't see, when you don't have the headset on, and I've tried to do this before without paying attention. Sometimes I don't look behind the big board and the glass terrarium over there, and I don't look, and I go, and let me throw it to Mark. And you're all of a sudden you're like, no, no, I don't, I don't have my headset on. So I looked, I didn't see the headset on, so I didn't want to blindside you it's talking okay. about your birds, but. Uh, I know you're happy, man. Well, I, I, I told you guys that over was an easy bet. I they, did. They, was know, I lying? They play great baseball. They play very basic, the, solid baseball. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. By the way, Ken, last time out, Rodriguez did go five shutout innings. Oh, did he? He's, okay. Yeah, he's actually. What's his ERA? Uh, his ERA is not good at the moment. Okay, he, that's all. He, he I, got, okay. He got I, I have no more bit. use for this witness, Your Honor. I'm just saying. He's young. Okay. Give him time, buddy. All right. So, he, so, but, he, so but he, he had a good five-inning stint. So far, and that's it. He's probably his only good outing. No, that's not true. Go back and look. I am going to go back. All right, go back and look. All but... right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back because now you called me on it. All right. You, you just that. told me his ERA is not good, and if he comes off five shutout innings in his last performance, and his ERA is probably over six. Yeah, he had right? a, he had What's his ERA? Is it over yeah, six? I think it's over six right there now. He had, some bad, he had some bad innings, but he's yeah. all time a guy's ERA is over six. He's also, I think, leading the team in strikeouts, too. So, all right. <laughs> it's early yet. Give him time. Uh, Absolutely. Give him time. I'm not saying. I, I just said. You're 21 and 10 without him pitching well. That's basically what I'm we're, saying. Yeah, we're don't tell me the guy's pitching well if his ERA is over six. Just, you know, it, you can't make excuses for every one of your guys. The guy's pitching like crap. He had one five inning outing. You, you ready? Know? Let's be real. You want to hear? You want to be real? Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Both right now. If the Yankees get swept this weekend by Tampa Bay, Boone gets fired next week. Ooh, that's a bomb drop. All right. So where's the series at? I don't care where they play. No, where are they playing? This I don't even know. Uh, I just started playing. I think it's. Give me a second. I'll I'll, I'll find it. But I'm going to tell you right now. Tampa sweeps the Yankees. Bye bye Boone. Trust me. Well, you're sitting at 17 and 15. If and they go to 17 and 18, they'll be down by 12 and a half, 13 games that early in the season. He's gone. The Yankees are going to make a move. They almost made a move last year. Yeah. Boone. Right. Boone. Boone. Boone's out. But here's the thing. If you're starting out and you're just a game under remember judge is out of lineup right now with the hip okay remember so, how they collapsed last I'm year i'm telling you right now there, there, there's no way cashman or or these guys are going to make that move uh yeah, one that, game under 500 that lineup look and by the way it's in tampa that the, the yankees lineup and this is the one thing that scared me about them i mean i love their rotation but the thing about the yankees is they're so feast and famine they they don't they're they're not gonna they're either gonna score a ton of runs in a game and Judge is gonna go crazy or they're gonna they're gonna really struggle to score. They're one of the lower scoring teams in the league. Well, they, Even they don't have to score for Garrett Cole. I mean, you get three runs and Garrett Cole. Well, that's win. well, that's the quandary on the team is their their rotation's pretty solid. So you know if they get a lot of games if they can get four runs they'll be all right. And by the way, all those people that bet over on Judge for the home run title home runs this year, they're about to lose their money. Uh, you have to, yeah, you got to be careful when you uh, any of those futures. You know, injuries can can wreak havoc. There's no question. Uh, Garrett Cole has been solid. Look, Rodon still on the. Uh, he's still hurt. Severino still hurt. Cortez has been pretty good. Herman on occasion, okay. So you know, it's 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 not a great rotation, but when you get Rodon and Severino back, could be uh, serviceable enough to be right there. Uh, Lemayhu uh, didn't get off to the same start he got off to last year. 
Uh, you bring in the young kid, Volpe, at, uh, at shortstop. Glaber Torres has had some decent games. Rizzo, uh, you know, decent, but you're without Judge right now. So, you know, it's still, Pat, you still, you know, the Yankees still have a. And Stanton, another one. Old yeah, right. He can't avoid being hurt. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're so busted up, you know, especially in that rotation, which I, is the strength of the team. When they get everybody back, you know, they're they're scary. I, I mean, I, I I like Toronto better. But now Tampa Bay is just playing lights out. They won't. I mean, Ken, if you look at their full schedule for May, it's brutal. So we'll we'll see if they're for real or not yeah, this well, month. This but, month will dictate policy. Well, they play Baltimore May twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth at home, and they don't go to Baltimore until my goodness, man. Then they play Baltimore again at home four more games. So they play Baltimore seven home games before they. That's unbelievable. Before they go to. Uh, Camden Yards. Well, this and the schedule is so weird this year. I mean, the Orioles have played Boston twice. They don't play them again until September because you're only playing. I think it's twelve division games this year. Yeah, I don't, I hate, I, 16, I don't like the so. interleague play. To tell you the truth, I think it really. Ru- I like. I liked eighteen games against your your teams in your division. I I, th- I don't like the way Major League Baseball is run, running that. That I, I really didn't like the interleague play. I think it, it's 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 yeah, it's I want over. to say it's thirteen inside your division. Yeah, either way, I mean, it's still like a six or seven game reduction against each team, and so, that's wrong. Well, but then, but on the other side of it, Pat, I'll I'll say this: you're also getting to beat up some of the other teams in other divisions, and you know you're not going to get as hurt much. Like the the AL East with this with playing nineteen games against each other. They were tearing each other apart. We agree, and, and it opens the door for you know somebody like a Cleveland or a Minnesota to get a wild card that they probably wouldn't deserve if you were playing a balanced schedule. But I just, so I think it kind of evens out a little bit. You but know? I, I just don't, you know, I think the interleague part of the game is just it, it just it takes a little bit of the substance away from the World Series to me. I think I don't think you should have interleague baseball. I, I, it's, I'm, too, I, it's too late. That that, that I know. That I, bought, ship I bought, that ship is that, that yeah, horse is out of but the corral. On another note, another sport, hockey and, and major and, and NBA. I, I think the way they set up the playoffs is ridiculous. I think the number one seed goes against eight. The, the, the one wins, it should, right. be, it should, it should I, I go against a lower, a lower seed, not a higher seed. I agree with that. Uh, and we'll, we'll take our final break of the night. But, by the way, uh, Yankees are in Tampa, as, as Mark said, uh, this weekend. But then at Yankee Stadium, four more games next weekend. So seven okay, times. two weeks. Okay, give him two weeks. So they we'll go see. seven and they lose seven straight. It's and my over. buddy Rick Esposito, he's a Yankee diehard. He loves his Raiders and he loves his Yankees, and he's not giving up on the Bronx Bombers. We take our final break of the night. It is SportsX Radio, right here, PSBR Law Studios. Pat Casal in 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 studio. You can tell that's his phone that keeps going off. He's he just people are calling him left and right. He's that popular. And uh, Mark Hoke, of course, running the show. There you go. Uh, we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll look at a few overnights as far as NBA basketball and uh, the NHL as far as the playoffs and see if we can't get to some of those Major League Baseball games for tomorrow as well. Uh, 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. We'll be right back. Uh, yeah, KT, he may actually get dressed up and uh, be the sharp-dressed man, little ZZ Top, coming back. If I uh, make all this money that uh, Louis Masri and Pat Cassell and Curtis Stocker uh, give me all these horses here, so I'm looking forward. I'm just going to uh, 
let Pat uh, and Louis figure things out for me, and uh, I'll just uh, follow the leader there and, and make some cash. And Pat Casal will be hosting Monday, so he'll have a complete review of the Oaks and also the Kentucky Derby Day, the full card on uh, Saturday. He'll have that for you on Monday. Uh, we've got some playoff action coming up tomorrow, PC. It'll be Cinco de Mayo, Celtics and Sixers. Celtics now a two-point favorite, minus two against the Sixers. I already took Philly. I just have a feeling. I, I know it's That's I, going I, seven, I think. I, I know, but I think Philly has to win tomorrow for it to go seven. Yeah. And I'm going to take Philly. Uh, so I, 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 you know, I don't even need the two points. I took Philly on the money line. Totals 214. Where are you on that one, Pat? Uh, you know what? I, I got to tell you the truth. I'm on your side. I think that the, the Celtics, they're an erratic team. I think, I, think you're, I think this is a must-win game for Philly. If they lose this game, they may, not, they may only go five. Right. I agree. And Mark Hoke's with me. Uh, he, he's, of course, got uh, his Sixers winning tomorrow. But he picked the Celtics to win in seven games. I, I mean, that, if that ends up in seven, I agree with him. But, you know, I'm, I'm not as sold on him. Joel, Joel's great, but he, he, he's not durable. He, he, he doesn't play 82 games. It's not like the old days. I, I, I think the Celtics are going to win. I think the Knicks are going to pull it off against Miami. And I think the Knicks are going to give Celtics some, some trouble. But all I right. think Denver wins it all. All right, don't jump ahead now. Sorry. All right, Suns minus four, 224 and a half. Don't know if Chris Paul even goes he's tomorrow. Out. He's, he's definitely out. out. He's out. I, I think he's out the next two games for I, sure. I, I think campaign can lead that team. I think they're going to roll over the Nuggets tomorrow, but that may be the only game they win. Uh, I don't think they're going to get swept. If they do lose tomorrow, then they probably will get swept. But the Nuggets, you know, Jokic and company, they just keep coming at you. Where are you on that game? Joker, I, I, tomorrow night I think that I like the Denver. I think Denver will win it in five back in Denver, just like they did it in the first round. I, I think Denver is the most complete team in the NBA right now. Joker is on a mission. I mean, all these people keep giving giving him a rash of crap about, oh, he won two MVPs. Let me tell you right now, you're going to find out just how good this guy is. I think they're going all the way. And he is the only Joker that's allowed to compete in the United States because Djokovic, again, will not be allowed at the U.S. Open. Uh, let's see, on the ice tomorrow, we got Jersey and Carolina. Carolina up one game to none, 5-1. They get the win at home. They're so tough at home. I already played them. I I, I laid the uh, minus one ten. It's cheap. Anytime you can get Carolina at home, That's look. I know Jer- I know Jersey's good. I know they're solid. I know they beat the Rangers. They're much faster than the Rangers. They're faster collectively than Carolina, but Carolina is a different animal. They got a lot of veterans there, and this team, you know, they're battle tested. And they held off Jersey down the stretch. Uh, I, I think they do the same. I think they win this game. I think the Devils make it interesting. I think the series goes at least six, but I think Carolina gets both games at home. Where are you on this one? I agree with that, and I'll tell you something else. Isn't it interesting? This year's team, the Bruins, get beat by Florida in the first round, and Florida last year got knocked. I mean, they didn't beat the Bruins in the first right. round. Yeah, they did, right. Florida had the but, President's Trophy. So yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna, wouldn't it be interesting to see Florida go all the way this year? It'd be interesting after yeah. last year. That's a great team. Yeah, and Mark Mark Lawrence season tickets there for the Florida Panthers. Uh, the Heat minus three and a half against the Knicks in Game Three, two oh eight and a half. You think the Knicks will win this one? Money line. They have to. The Knicks, if they're going to win this series, they have to win Game Three. If not, we're going to be disappointed. And I don't know is Butler playing? I. You know what? I haven't heard an update, but uh, yeah, it says questionable. I. To me, Butler will go, and at eighty percent, the way he was playing. 
could be good enough. But, Unconscious. Yeah, Knicks, Knicks need to get off to a good start. Uh, there will be Knicks fans there. There's a lot of transplants from New York down in Miami. They'll find ways to get in there. Uh, Warriors and Lakers uh, from L.A. Game three, line is out there. Westgate Superbook, Lakers minus three and a half, 227. Warriors pummeled them by 27 tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun, that game three and four over in L.A. They'll split. This series is going seven. Lakers might even win the series, but it's going to go. They're, gonna, they're, they're, they're both both teams are very mature. Let's put it that way. All right, the big game on Saturday, right here, Vegas Valley, T-Mobile, Vegas Golden Knights. Edmonton is minus one twenty four, six and a half. The total shaded to the over. I think Vegas wins again. Here's the reason I like Vegas. I know McDavid didn't score in the last game. Drysaddle got four. Well, Drysaddle's not going to get four again. But what I like about Vegas is that Mark Stone is starting to get games under his belt. And you see him, how he struggled in game one against Winnipeg, how he struggled in the first half of game two against Winnipeg. And now, look at this team. They've won five in a row. They're playing solid hockey, and he looks like he's back into it. His stamina is there, and he's feisty, and this team's just gaining confidence. They fell down one nothing early, tied it at one, had a 3-1 lead, lost the lead, tied at three, uh, go up 5-3, end up winning at 6-4, despite Drysaddle's four goals. I think Vegas wins again on Saturday. Uh, money line. I, I mean, not, it's a money line bet. I have to sit here and tell you this about Stone. He is the, the, he's the bricks and mortar of this yes. team. When he's there, they are a different name. team. Stone. Yeah, Stone. Yeah, he, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know what? I think they're going to, I think the, the Knights will win this round. I don't know if they could beat Minnesota. This Seattle team is scaring the hell out of me. One more game I'm going to play tomorrow. I know Max Fried is lights out. Dean Kramer, not the best pitcher, but he's pretty good. And the Orioles are plus 190 in Atlanta tomorrow. Not that I don't think the Braves can beat them because they can, but they got nicked up today against uh, against Miami. They they had a couple guys go down, so we'll see. Uh, I'm going to play the Orioles tomorrow. I, I'm looking forward to some theme music. And uh, Pat Cassell will be hosting on Monday. Tomorrow, the Friday football fiasco. No football, but we'll get into a lot of baseball, a lot of basketball, a lot of hockey. Live from Vegas, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Ken Thompson, Pat Cassell, for all of our guests, producer Mark Hoke. Have a great evening, folks. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.